Hi there, I'm Lisa Kapala, and welcome to Bridging the Digital Divide. Today's show is going to be pretty interesting, not like most of them are not, but this <laughs> one's a little different because Brad and I had to do quite a bit of research for you. So first of all, let me welcome my co-host, Brad McKenna. Hello, Brad. Hi. How you doing? Not too bad. Yourself? Good, good. Nice weather lately. Yes, We're happy to yes. see it. So we thought we would talk about the idea of using your devices in different ways, getting more bang for your buck, kind of, you know, I tend to use things exactly the way I was taught the first time. The Kindle, I only use it for music. I've never even read a book on it. Can you imagine that? <laughs> That's funny. But there are ways that you can get more bang for your buck with your devices. Like one of the things I'd like to talk about is Bluetooth. Yes. What is that? How does it work? And why do we need it? So let's start with that. Sure. Bluetooth is a wireless connection protocol. Um, so it's used usually to connect to devi devices. So the most common, uh, well, actually for me, I use my iPhone with a Bluetooth connection to my hearing aids. And so oh. it connects my hearing aids to my Bluetooth to my phone so I could listen to phone calls or music on there. And so it's a wireless connection. It's used for like short range. Um, it was created by three different companies that wanted to be able to connect regardless of the hardware manufacturer. So it's 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 become pretty pretty good. Um, so is Bluetooth a universal device? It will connect to pretty much anything that has a a headphone jack. Or uh, it doesn't need the headphone jack. So it's really just uh, the wireless communication because it can be wireless. used for yep, it can be used okay. for. Uh, you just need the the Bluetooth adapter. Like you have a Wi-Fi adapter, you also have a Bluetooth adapter. It's a piece of hardware okay. that the that the the hardware, the computer, or the iPhone, or the Kindle use in order okay. to send information, usually audio, to right. uh, another device. So when we're looking to purchase a Bluetooth, what do we need to know? Should, is there a list on the back of the Bluetooth that this is compatible with the following devices? Is so you don't purchase it. It comes baked into the hardware. Oh. So it's part of it automatically. So all phones you get, all tablets you get, most laptops and computers you get nowadays have it because okay. uh, Bluetooth speakers are really big. Bluetooth headsets are really big because that way you don't have to worry about piping your music from your crappy little speakers that came with the computer to right. like a Bose sound, okay. a Bluetooth speaker. So then what Bluetooth is doing, the pr it's a program really. Though. It's protocol. Okay. So it's how, how it transfers information. So what it does is it connects to whatever you ask it to pair with. Exactly. Is that the right yes, terminology? Pair. Yes. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about pairing and sure. what pairing is. Now, I know when you go to connect something, your phone or device will ask you, do you want to pair with right. such and such? Or it will search for available items it can pair with. Right. But let's explain to folks what that really is and how it works. And is it safe? Yeah. So it's it's definitely safe because it's short. It's, uh, it's the... Uh, the range isn't very big, so there's no danger of like getting hacked or something like that okay. when you're pairing a device. And I'm not going to get my friend's baby monitor while yeah. I hook it up, you know, right? Because it's short range. Yeah. It's going to only connect with what I tell it to, right. which I kind of like. You have to make the, what they call the handshake. So you have okay. to like, it has to do the handshake between like my, my hearing aids have to be set in pairing mode so it so the phone can see it. And then it just basically makes that handshake so it... Uh, kind of like logs the entry this is the hearing aids these are the uh, this is the iphone and here's the connection right and, and for like speakers usually what you have to do is like hold down the power button until it starts flashing mm -hmm. and then it becomes pairing mode and so you can't just not for everything but for a lot of things you have to like put the device that you want to connect to in like an open mode so it's like accepting uh connections okay and this is it's usually pretty straightforward every now and then um it like the it gets interrupted and so the device is there on like your laptop, but
but you can't connect anything. And basically, you just have to remove it and start the pairing process okay. again. So with using your hearing aids, if the Wi-Fi goes down, then would your hearing aids not be so, paired to Bluetooth? What happens? So this doesn't use the Wi-Fi at all. So oh. that's the good thing. Okay, it's like, good. So like I can stream, I, like I listen to podcasts in Yay. my car, <laughs> and I don't have any Wi-Fi, and I don't have a big data plan. So it just uses the Bluetooth oh. connection to send the audio. Wow. So, so these, these Bluetooth creator guys are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk about them a little bit more yes. later. We won't give it away too much. All right. And so... What does it mean when we say we want to cast something? So casting is a, a little newer technology, and it actually uses the Wi-Fi channel. Okay. So it's a little big, bigger. Uh, there's something that I've learned about is like Wi-Fi Direct. And so when you're talking about a Bluetooth, which we were just doing, yep. um, you're talking about connecting directly to one device to another. But when you connect, when you cast, you're just using the Wi-Fi signal, the Wi-Fi network in order to it and they call it piggybacking on that signal and so you think of it like uh, like pipes or uh, water pipes so everything is connected through the pipes like your sink your bathtub stuff like that and if you want to put another sink in you have to um you have to hook up to those pipes and use that connection so when you're casting what you're doing is you're sending a signal between like the sink in the in the bathtub in order to display and audio, so it's audio and video. Excellent analogy. So Bluetooth is is uh, not Wi-Fi, right? Right. And casting is Wi-Fi. So would yes. those be your two options as a as a consumer? You'd say, well, I either want to do Bluetooth because I don't have Wi-Fi, or I want to use casting, or is it more oriented towards the device itself? The device and what you want to do. So, ah, like, there okay. are there's the Chromecast is a little dongle you put in the HDMI port on your TV, and what you can do with. <laughs> you <laughs> want to say that again? The dongle, dongle. goes into the. The HDMI port on the TV. Okay. So So the back of your TV has those little squares. Mm -hmm. They look like places where a flash drive would go. Yeah. Those are USB. A little different. So USB is the flash drive and HDMI would be something else. Okay. And I imagine it'll be marked. And it actually looks a little thinner, I think. The HDMI is shaped a little funkier. It's a little flatter and a little wider. And okay. so, like the Bluetooth port, uh, U- USB port is like a rectangle. Okay. This one is looks almost like a, almost like a, a frown or a yes, smile. Yes, I know exactly what you're like saying. That. Okay, so then to do to do casting, you would have to hook into that. Yep. So what you do is you you have to. Um, uh, so with the Chromecast, you need either like a Chromebook or Chrome on any kind of other operating system, and that. Uh, Talk, they talk to each other over the Wi-Fi, and you will send whatever's on your computer to your TV. Okay. And so we use that sometimes if we have like a, an Amazon Prime trial and we don't have right. the Prime app on our smart TV, we'll just cast our laptop onto the wow. TV and watch it that way. And you know, I have to tell you, when you learn to do these things, you feel like a genius. You yeah. really do. <laughs> when you can get your computer on your TV at home, you're like, wow. Yeah, I know. So how do I decide what device is going to help me to pair or cast? How do I know? what to pick it depends on what you're comfortable using so um, we have a Chromebook so we got a Chromecast in order to do that if you have a um, an Apple products you want the Apple TV same basic technology mm. it's just what they call closed systems so uh, Apple has to pair right. with Apple or connect to cast to Apple and Google to Google well that's because of competition in business yes. but wouldn't it be nice if everybody could just pair with one universal thing or cast with one universal thing yeah so there's starting to go that way there's the technology behind it it's called Miracast right and so you have like new surface so surface is a um, Microsoft tablet so like it's the equivalent to like the iPad and they're using those kind of 
uh, the mirror cast technology, and you should be able to cast directly to uh, anything, really. Um, it, it depends because right. it is, you're right, it's competition. So they don't want to open right. up their, their uh, code. It seems to me you should just be able to buy one little device yeah. that could make everything connect everything. And you should just be able to talk to it and tell yeah. it to do that. So it's kind of, they've kind of gotten that way because so like I said with the, the Chromecast, if you have the Chrome browser, which you can install on anything. So if you have an iPad and you have Chrome installed on the iPad, you can cast to your TV to the, the Chromecast. Interesting. So they've kind of gotten that way, but yeah, it's still competition. So if I have a device, how would I figure out what I need? I, what would I do? Would I go into settings and look and see what it has, if it has a pairing, if it has a Bluetooth? Is yep. that where yeah, I Yeah, essentially. Start? So, yep. So in your settings, if you're in, um, if you're in a Windows, it's settings, and then there's like a Bluetooth uh, uh, adapter that right. you turn on, and it searches for uh, available things to pair to. Right. And then you pair whatever device it is, and it's set. So it remembers that connection, so you only have to do it the first time. Okay. And you said it's, it's a close connection. So mm-hmm. if I were to take, let's say I'm doing it with my phone and I take my phone away from the speakers that I've paired with, now I'm going to be in the car. It's not going to go on by itself when I'm so, yeah, there. Do I have to shut Bluetooth off? No. So it, it'll, um, it, when you're in range, if you, if, you, if you send the signal to the device, it will automatically pick it up so you don't have to like, turn it off every yes. time. But if you go out of the range of it, I think it's like 24, 18, 24 feet, something like that, okay. the signal gets weaker because anything stretches over time. It gets, it gets thinner. Okay. And so like if you walk out, if you, had your, if you were casting from your iPad and you walked into a different room, it would probably stick around, continue to cast for a little bit, and then it would like buff, you get that kind of buffer feel where things would kind of get spotty and stop. Okay. And then eventually when it lost the connection, it would just stop. Interesting. And then when you walk back in range, most of the time it would automatically pick up. Right. Sometimes you would ha- you would have to like uh, resend that signal, so stop casting and cast. Again. Can you buy a range extender? No, I didn't find anything about that. Yeah, because uh, that would probably be the next smart thing they would create. Because if you are out of range and you do want to hear it in mm-hmm. the other room and you you still want it to play or whatever, you should probably be able to do that. Yeah. I think another good thing for people, too, that I use all the time, and Brad taught me this, just go into the browser and type in a question. Yeah. How do I pair Google, or yeah. how do I, you know, how do I get yeah. my machine to do this with this? And it will tell you what yeah. to do most of the time. Yeah. Um, and YouTube's pretty good for that. Sure. You know, there's some pretty creative people out there. So that brings me to the next thing which a lot of people are worried about now, which are these home devices like Google Home and Alexa. So what do we call those? Assistants? Those are like virtual assistants yeah. or the, the term smart speaker flies around a lot because most of the time it's um, uh, for music or with the Alexa is the first, the, the first one. And so you can connect your uh, Amazon account mm-hmm. to it. Well, you have to actually. Yes, yes. Um, and you could actually order something on Amazon by telling Alexa to do it. Which can get dangerous. Yeah, so I use Alexa, and I have a few issues with it. Um, I bought it when it came right out, which I shouldn't have done, but I did yeah. that. And I, I use it. I wanted to use it primarily to write trivia questions because oh, cool. it has a trivia section or app. The problem I have with it, and I hope the Amazon folks are listening, is that <laughs> to open each app, there's a different command. Yeah. So if I want to open horoscopes, I want to hear my horoscope, I have to say, Alexa, open horoscopes, and then it will do it. But to use another command, let's say I wanted history trivia, mm-hmm. I have to say, start history trivia. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do was make a master list on a sheet of paper with all the different applications and how you open them. I get it that Amazon is using apps from other third parties probably, right? That must be why. Some Mm -hmm. are open, some are start, some are grab, some are ask. That makes it very difficult for the user to remember 
which thing I have to say to get Alexa to do what I need her to do. So I wish that they would have, they would make it universal so that you just say open, open horoscopes, open music trivia, but it, it, so far it isn't doing that. So that's one of the issues I have with it. But the other big issue that people are having is I guess Alexa is a little bit of a spy. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Which kind of makes sense. So why don't we talk about that a little bit, Brad, and give sure. some people some education about that. Yeah, so I think you're probably t- uh, alluding to the Oregon couple who thought they were being hacked by the Russians or something. Yes. Yeah, so what what it is, Alexa's always listening, so it has a wake word, and so that it doesn't act on everything you say. However, you, it can mishear something. So what right. happened to these, in this couple was that Alexa thought they heard he, she heard the wake word, which is Alexa, and then had heard a name of a contact because you have to give your con you, you can you don't have to give your contact list acts or Alexa access to your contact app. Uh, right, right. And you can send a message. You can if you have your email, you can send an email to this contact. And so they got a text or an email or something from a friend saying, turn off your Alexa, you've been hacked. And the issue was it just thought, Alexa just thought she, uh, the, these people had said, Alexa, send a message to whomever about this. And so he got an email. Right. And so they, they've noticed that uh, Amazon has gone on record this, yes, it's a, it's a, it was a mistake. And they kind of threw numbers at the situation. And I, I can't remember what the exact numbers were, but it was like in the billions that this would happen because it was a series of commands. Like you were saying, you have to say specific commands in order for it to do something. So it looked at the, it woke up, it looked into the contacts, it grabbed the, it grabbed a certain contact, and then it sent an email, which is like three different right. things. So I think the, the creators were looking at it as, as a perfect storm yes. of incidents that occur heard to make this happen. And right. they, they assured us as a consumer that this can't possibly happen all yeah. the time. But we really don't know. I don't know. It's, it is listening all the time. And I guess I forget that. Because I have had situations where I've said Alexa or a word like Alex yeah. in a conversation and it will talk to you. And it's yeah. cute. But it does kind of beg the question as to where does all that information go? And who is listening on the other end? Who so, is helping Alexa to listen on the other well, end? It's all automated because there's know. so many of them. Is it really? Well, I don't know. Theoretically, <laughs> it is all automated. And, and when you initially install it, you actually have to install an app on either your phone or a, a tablet because there's no screen for these. And so you have to... You actually have to connect uh, the. You download the app. You connect the app to the Alexa, and then it goes to the internet, and everything's fine there. But in that app, it logs everything you say, and all the all the sk- they call them skills, right? Instead of apps, they call them skills. Okay. Um, all the skills that you have, and all that kind of stuff. So it's the good thing about that is it's very transparent in the data that it's collecting because you can go in and see it, and you can go in and delete it, and that deletes it from your Amazon account servers. Yeah. Too. So you can remove the log yourself? Mm-hmm. You can clear the log, yeah. yeah. that's interesting. Because when I got a Kindle, I wanted to also do a diary on there. Mm-hmm. And then I read the little disclaimer that said, if you're ever convicted of a crime, we'll give up this information. Which I get. Yeah. I get. <laughs> if, I, if I was a serial killer, yes, yeah. turn me in. But it's frightening when you hear that. So I wonder... You know, is Alexa keeping a log of everything I've said? And someday, is this going to come back to haunt me? Yeah, I don't. So I don't you know don't exactly. Know. Right. Look at Ancestry DNA just found the serial killer. Really? Right? Yeah, because Ooh. they uh, some you know they took the DNA. They thought they had the guy. They took the you know I'm totally paraphrasing <laughs> here. They took the DNA of a cousin of the guy that they thought was the perpetrator. Oh, that's right. And they matched it up, and they were able to prove that was 23andMe, right? Yes. So I remember reading about the uh, the uh, the sergeant or something 
got in touch with some distant relative in order to prove that the DNA matched the suspect. Correct. And so that's actually kind of in flux right now because yes. is that an invasion of privacy? Right. Because it's all voluntary information. And you sign off on that because yeah. I've done the test. I actually did it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> but when I did it, one of my sisters said, oh, great. Now, big brother, you, you know, you're going to be in big trouble. And I thought, oh, cr- she's crazy. But look at what just happened. So yeah. if we can do that with 23andMe, yeah. then Alexa taking down what I've said about my cousin in the kitchen, yeah, it's, it's there. This is what I say, people, all the time. So, I love technology, but it you really it's scar- have to it's be scary. careful. It's scary. It gives you a lot. Uh, it makes your life easier. You can do a lot more, but it is tracking you a lot more and the European Union passed the GDPR which is a protection for European citizens uh, and so it's making it more transparent and so in order to do business in Europe the every company has to disclose and make it easy for a user to request and get their data, all of the data that the, this uh, service is using about them and so I think that's a good that's a yeah, good that's, step. That's great. But but that's just European. But that's great that now I have the dirt on myself that you have too. You know, it just makes me more nervous about the whole Big Brother concept and that, you know, we really aren't privacy. We really don't have privacy, and I think sometimes we're, you know, negating that for convenience. Yeah, I agree. And and it's okay. I don't. You know, I'm not saying don't use your phone. Oh my God, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think we really need to be aware of the power behind it. And until stuff like the Mm -hmm. 23andMe happens or Alexa's accidentally spying, they don't call it spying. By the way, they said she misunderstood what she heard, and they keep saying that because they don't want people to feel like she's always listening or spying. But she would have to be listening to be ready at any moment to. Yeah, it's to a do wake what up. you need. Yeah. So it's a slippery slope. So oh, for sure. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because you don't, I don't think we think about these things. They just sit on our counter and we use them mm-hmm. for what we need and we don't think about the other ramifications. So Google came out with Google yeah. Home. Is that, is that like a ripoff of Alexa? Oh, well, or, all technology know, companies technology steal from first, one another, right? right? So they all steal. And so, well, I'm sorry, borrow. Right, and yes, it's right, the same. Right. Sen- it's essentially the same thing. Um, and they had a similar issue. So they have the the uh, the Google Home. I think it, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's much smaller. Yes. And you actually have to you have to press the button for this model. And there was um, there was a uh, software bug like last year that it was waking up and sending information to the Google servers every three seconds. Oops. And so they had to pull those off. And yeah, so, that's not so good. there's so much because it's such a tricky technology, yeah. right? It has to be listening, but it can't act unless it hears something. Right. So. I mean, and of course, there's going to be bugs. We get that. This oh, stuff God, is yes. brand new. We don't know. All right. So Siri, uh, that's the Apple assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Is that similar to the technology that's used with Alexa and Google mm-hmm. Home? Same type of thing? Yeah, voice recognition software. And Siri actually was a company that Am- Apple bought and put it into, I want to say, the Apple iPhone 4. Right. And so that's the first one you hear about, but it's kind of baked into a device that does just more than that. Yeah, now here's what's interesting about Siri, though. Siri, you have to actually physically wake it, wake it up by pressing your phone. Siri isn't listening all the time. Right, so they have, they, Apple just released the HomePod, which kind of takes Siri out and puts it into a speaker like an Alexa. Oh, but okay. they're, they're 
really, really expensive. And I think yeah. it's just, I think they released it this year. So it's we'll very We'll wait a new. few months for the yeah. price to come down. <laughs> but I thought when I bought my smartphone, my iPhone actually, I thought that Siri would just, I could just say, Siri, tell me yeah. like I could with Alexa, but it doesn't do that. And this is a situation where I would want it to be able to do that. But there's no way to yeah. disable that. There's no way to make it listen all so there the was time, a, right? I can't remember what phone it was, but there was like a Siri's hand-free that would do that. So like yeah. if you have an Android phone, you say, if you turn it on, you say, okay, Google, and you activate that virtual assistant. And so Siri had something similar. Mm. Um, and I haven't heard too much about so, it. Yeah, but. so I can't get okay Google on my iPhone, right? Because that's not supported by Apple. Right. Yeah. Jeez, I don't like that. I understand why they do it. But it makes it so tough for the consumer. Half the time, I don't know whether I should say, hello, Google. Hi, Siri. I don't know who I'm talking right. to. I just <laughs> want my question answered. So sometimes it's easier to just type it in a browser, really, than to yeah. ask, because at least you get what you want. Yeah. So what do you uh, think is the biggest challenge that you see with clients that come in about pairing devices or how to use them or how to get more out of the devices? So, I mean, the pairing, is, is it's, it's so simple because there's really nothing. You can't help it along. You make the pair, it happens or it doesn't. And I had somebody um, come in for a tech help a couple of weeks ago, and he had a new com- new computer, and he paired his, his speaker, and it looked like it was working. And then there was an update, so a driver update that broke it, and he couldn't pair it. And so the, the biggest trouble is, like, missing the connection. You make the pair, and it works. And that's really all. You turn on the turn off the Bluetooth, you, whatever, if you want to send it to that speaker. But sometimes, like, an update for the operating system or a driver, update can break it and and there's really no testing you can do and that's kind of the tough part because it's so automated there's there's nothing you can see that went wrong because it's all behind the scenes and so that's so they have to like you have to forget the device and then search for it again and repair it and, and it works okay and so this is a situation where if you didn't have an apple product you couldn't go to the genius bar to have it looked at you'd need a person like brad to help yeah. you or yeah. you'd have to go on youtube yeah. or somewhere else to try to yeah. figure it out and what about making sure like these things are you know properly updated how often do they update them or do they do them do they automatically update it d- themselves? Yeah, it depends. So like Microsoft, any kind of Windows computer has micro- Windows updates, and usually the updates will handle like driver updates and stuff like that. And that's Windows 10 has become automated. The iOS, so like iPhones, uh, iPads, uh, the operating system updates and application updates would uh, happen on a regular basis. No, like because sch- we don't even really have to do them anymore. We just kind of tell it to do it. Yeah, and the it does apps it. you have to go in to do it, but like the uh, the Bluetooth isn't an app; it's right. just a connection. Right. And so, like, I don't think that the Apple products have driver issues that Windows does. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's really not much to it. Right. And another thing I was looking at, too, um, you know, we we always want to buy the newest thing. I think think that's, you know, human nature. But a lot of people have Kindles and e-readers that can do a lot more things than they thought. So I looked up Kindle just to see what other things it can do. Mm -hmm. Some Kindles can take screenshots. Mm -hmm. uh, They can read PDFs. Mm -hmm. A lot of things they can do. So before you run out and buy something new, I would suggest Googling or typing into a browser, you know, what are tips and tricks for my device because I found a plethora of stuff. I was going to share some of it with you, but there's so much. So before you run out and buy the next latest and greatest thing, check and see if one of your devices 
doesn't have that option already because you might not even know. Yeah, that's a great that, point. That happens a lot. Another thing I do too is um, I like to exercise while I watch something else on TV. And in the olden days, we used to do picture in picture. Uh-huh. Now what I'm doing is I'll put something streaming on my Kindle, maybe an exercise program, and I can watch the other thing and do that at the same time. Yep. Also podcasts. You can yes. listen to a podcast on a device and have something else on. And that's kind of the beauty of podcasts. They yeah. don't need 100% of your attention right. really, which we talked about in our last show on podcast with um, Jen Tierney. She was on talking about that. So as far as using your devices that way, we should probably try to be a little more creative, I think, because yeah. these things are expensive. Yes. And, you know, they go out of style 10 minutes after you get them. So let's try <laughs> to, you know, look a little bit more and see what these things are capable of before we go buying the latest and greatest yeah. next thing. Yeah, and figure out what you, you know? want to do, what you want out of your devices. And most of them have some kind of app store that have apps that you can download right. to increase functionality. Because I have done that. I've said, well, I wonder if it'll do this. And then you just Google in and yeah. it's, yes, it does do that. <laughs> so the next thing I want to talk about is kind of bridging that gap between apps and programs. Yeah. And we kind of found something a little funky yeah. that we wanted to share with folks. So it's called IFTTT. Yes. Which is... What is it? It's if, 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 then, if then, then, this. If, then, this. If, that, then, then this. this. If that, then this. Yeah. What is that in the technology so, world? <laughs> so that is, that's a, the pro, a programming variable. And so what it does is it looks at the si- current situation of an application or a system, and based on a certain criteria, it'll execute something else. And so what this is doing is it's connecting two different services. So, Which is awesome. Yeah. So like if you have like um, Instagram, if you download the app, you notice that the latest version allows you to also post, to, post the same picture to Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr as well. And so it's the same basic thing. It's like if I post this to Instagram, post this to Twitter or Facebook or something like that. Right. So that makes ease of the consumer because me as a posting person, I will go and do my email to my group people. Mm -hmm. Then I will go on Facebook and post it. Then I will go to Instagram. You know, that's a lot of time. The only thing that concerns me, though, about doing that, making it to be able to if then do the next thing. You have to untell it if you change your mind, right? Yeah, so Instagram's <laughs> pretty good about that. You know, because like, if you, you know, say you take something and you don't want your cousin in Peoria to see it and you forget, uh-oh, I told it to post everywhere. Yeah. So that's the problem with yes. that. But it is good to have that bridge between apps and other programs because it would be nice if everything could all correlate and relate. Right, because you have different people. I don't know about you, but I have different people on each of the social media yes. platforms. So, like, right. sometimes something I'll post, usually like a picture of my dog or something, and then I won't go everywhere. But sometimes I'll post a picture of something I'm doing in the library, and the people on Facebook don't, don't care about that. And right. so I won't. So it right. gives you a choice. So it kind of makes things easier if you want it to be. Right. And then you're right. Definitely, you need to so make sure that it. you think. Maybe when we do another um, cleanup show, we'll yeah. add that to it. Every six months or so, check your IFTTT. If you use an IFTTT, you probably already know about that, though. But if not, so um, also, I guess they use something called applets to kind of get all these programs to talk to each other together. And I guess there are over 360 services it will connect. So what are applets? So applets are mini programs, so mini 
apps, think of it that way. And so when you're talking about these 300 different programs, you're talking about the IFTTT service itself. So there's an app for it, of course, right. and there's a website. And what that allows you to do is expand beyond social media because most of the things we've been talking about, like I said, right. Instagram is going from social media platform to social media platform. Right. And so that not, would be an easy marriage. But when yeah. you have, when you have a, another thing that kind of doesn't mesh, yeah. how do you make them talk to each other? Yeah. And that's what the and that's what that's doing. F- yes. TTT does. Yep. So when you actually, when you found it and I was poking around seeing what I could do, what I did is I signed up for an account and uh, just to try something that wasn't social media centric. And so what you have, you sign up for the account and then you have to connect that account to the different services that you want to connect to each other. And so what I did is I, I, um, I signed into my Spotify account and I signed into my, signed into my, my Google account. Right. And, I cr- and I added the applet that would allow uh, me to favorite a song on Spotify and automatically add that song to a, a spreadsheet on my Google Sheets account. And so that way I can get like a playlist offline. So you could kind of, so you could go in to that list and look and see what you liked, how many times you listened to it without actually having to go to the physical device to do it. Right, so you, you could I could see my favorited songs on my Google Sheets account without going into Spotify. Wild, wild. So that right? that's why because it's uh, it would be easy to like download if yeah. you wanted to create like a list of songs or something like that. Cause right. You can create a playlist on Spotify, but you're limited to Spotify. And you wouldn't have to type it. Yeah. You didn't have to do it yourself. Right. Which so I yeah. love that. Yeah. Because I'm constantly making tables and yes. things like that. So if you if you paired the well, you don't call it pairing, do you? What do we yeah, call you, it? Yeah, um, you create you you it's the you applet. create the you applet. applet. Yeah, yep. you can, and they allow you to make applets and widgets too, which mm. is a little advanced for me. But they do show you how to do it, and yep. it seems very. If you took your time step by step, I'm confident most of you guys out there listening <laughs> could do it. But you can make applets or widgets to connect pretty much anything, yeah. which is kind of exciting. Yeah, so it's not anything. It's only things that have uh, created scripts on for their site. And so it's it's the sky's the limit. So if right. it doesn't matter what kind of things, you, it can do like you can hook up like Alexa, I think it was one of them. And so with Alexa, if you want to get down the rabbit hole, you can have buy a special uh, thermometer, and you can tell Alexa to turn on your your your, your lights or something or, or your, the heat, and then you could connect it to like a light bulb, a special light bulb. And so you could you could I don't even know why you would you maybe maybe you could connect uh, to to the spreadsheets right? right and like maybe keep an entry of all the of times. how the different temperatures and times. Yeah, and yeah, that would be cool so too, especially for weather applications or for researching mm-hmm. might be good for that. And you know I can't think of any applications for it, but it's good for you guys to know what's out there. It's I really personally won't be using it, but it's fascinating, and we like to keep you on the cutting edge of That's technology. Right. And Actually, I just found it by accident and yeah. sent it to Brad, yeah. and I, I'm amazed I actually found something that he didn't know about. You know. Uh, but as you know, as time progresses, there'll probably be more of that, because this okay. reminds me of the Internet of Things yeah. that we talked about. And that, folks, if you recall, I think that was like episode five, somewhere around there, where wow. we talked about how you can actually have your computer turn on your lights, or it can do this or that, or all these different things for you that it can do. And that was the Internet of Things. So this kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. So it's kind of makes me think of that. So the Internet of Things is usually like devices, like like I was saying with the the thermometers and the light bulbs and routers. Physical, actual, tangible objects would be Internet of Things. But this IFTTT sounds very similar to that, except it's with it's software. Yeah, it's with the software, and so it's connecting two pieces of software, which could in turn connect pieces of hardware. So it's 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 making connections all over the place. So that's the next bridge, and that makes sense because I think when we did. 
did the show on the Internet of Things, I did start thinking about, Mm -hmm. well, that's great if you can do it with physical, tangible objects, but what about getting the different softwares to communicate? And that's why this exists. It'll be interesting because, like we were saying earlier, it's like Apple is Apple and Google is Google, and this is kind of trying to break that mold. Yeah, which I like. Mm -hmm. Not, sorry, Apple, (laughs) sorry, Google. But I like the idea of ease of use for the consumer, and if they could all just get along and see that and make it easier for everybody. Yeah, but I mean, if you know, if it's too open, then you're not going to have the the big people making the innovations because there'd be right. no money in it, right? All I comes know, back to the money. I get it, I understand. <laughs> All right, let's give the folks our food for thought. One second, and now it's time for your technology tidbit, food for thought. All right, so I want to talk about Bluetooth for another second, and the term. Yay. Bluetooth is not an acronym, nor is it related to technology, actually. And I so wanted to ask you when you brought it up, where did that come from? So we have, it's the name, uh, uh, the name comes from King Harold Bluetooth Gormanson, who was well known for two things, uniting Denmark and Norway in 958, so a couple years ago. Yeah. And his dead tooth, which had a dark blue-gray color and earned him the nickname Bluetooth. And so a little bit extra with that is the logo. Do you see the little B yes. there? Is actually uh, merging the runes of his name. Wow. So, I, yeah, I'm weird. Just, I'm dumbfounded by these things. You know, <laughs> the, the, you technology people are pretty savvy with yeah. some of your names and the way you do things. It's kind of neat. So that's good to be in the know about that. I, I wonder why, though, they called it that. It was a, like a code name. And so, like I said, uh, it was like, I can't remember, it was Intel and who makes the CPUs and... Two other companies which escape me. Interesting. Um, and, and they wanted to, they wanted to work together in order to make a, uh, a common protocol that works across all devices. Mm-hmm. And they were proposing it to the, the technology world at large. And before they come up with the name, they just like use this as like a code. Yeah, because the name isn't intuitive of what it no, God, is. Because no. when I heard yeah. uh, Bluetooth, what what is that? You no. know, it doesn't. I wish they would name. That's another pet peeve too. Name stuff. So we know what it does, yeah. you know, but what would you call it? This is my phone pairing yeah. <laughs> device. I don't know. You know, this is my uh-huh. speaker pairing thing, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again so much for being with us for Bridging the Digital Divide. Brad's going to tell you about the companion page that you can get more information. You can uh, request show topics, pretty much anything you want. You can get right yeah. there. Yeah, so if you go to wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, they'll see a list of all of our episodes, the current episode. And then, like Lisa said, there'll be a form at the bottom that you can suggest things for us. Yeah, we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up for you guys in the next few months. But we're always looking for new ideas and, you know, guests. If you want to be a guest on the show, you want to talk about something topical, technology-wise, we've got some really cool stuff coming up for you over the summer on that, too. So until we are together again, thanks for listening to Bridging the Digital Divide.